This is Just a Few Questions. I'm your host, Mark Sims, and I have attorney Adolfo Mondragon on the show. Uh, Adolfo, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, man. Thanks. It's been man. a while. Yeah, you're also, uh, you're also a political pundit, <laughs> which, which is really cool. Uh, an, an occasional one, right? No, you know, hey, I, yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I don't call myself a pundit, but I like being on the talk about politics. So we're going to talk about politics. Now, Joe uh, Biden and uh, uh, Kamala, I would say Kamala, Kamala, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris is the, she's the vice president-elect. Joe is uh, vice president-elect, I mean president-elect. President-elect. And hopefully, uh, your president, <laughs> President Trump will bow, <laughs> hopefully he will, he will bow out gracefully, but I will, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. He'll but, bow out. It won't be graceful. Yeah, gonna, man, I just hope he, hope he had some sense and calm down. But uh, let, let's, let's go into the, uh, to the open-ended question here. Uh, Adolfo, do you think that, um, the Biden administration, hopefully he wins the, the, the Senate, uh, the Democrats win the Senate. Will he uh, uh, promulgate, promote, push, sign legislation that really, uh, I mean, that left wing legislation, the left wing agenda, Bernie Sanders, right. AOC, the hard left. Right. What do you think, uh, Adolfo Mangadron? Well, first, uh, preface it by full disclosure. I was a Bernie supporter in 2016. I was a Bernie supporter in 2020. I even went to Iowa on a couple occasions to door knock on behalf of Bernie. I really believed in his, I still believe in his movement. And so there's a bias there from my, from my perspective. I'm not some unbiased commentator on this particular issue, but <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I don't have much hope that, um, that some of the major, or important issues on Bernie's platform will be pushed on uh, Joe Biden's because as we see, Joe Biden is a centrist. He talks about healing the country, which is good, but um, his tactic is more like Obama's first. Let me reach out across the aisle and then see if we could come, you know, together. And I think that those, um, that strategy is something that isn't going to bear out based on what we know about, Mitch McConnell and, you know, um, his tactics since, you know, Obama's first term. Uh, so I, 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 and especially if the Democrats don't control the Senate, then there's really very little hope, I think, of the more leftist agenda of the Democratic Party um, to be at the forefront. Now, if they control the Senate, some of the initiatives may uh, some of the stuff may come to light, uh, but I don't know. Joe Biden talks about, you know, um, addressing the environment as a uh, important issue, uh, signing back onto the Paris uh, Agreement, and that's great. But I don't know if he'll actually support something that you know the uh, New Green Deal that AOC and Bernie Sanders proposed about what, two years ago, a year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah. I don't think that it, it'll go that far. Even during the campaign, fracking became an issue in Pennsylvania and Ohio. And Joe Biden was like, no, I'm not against fracking. Um, Kamala Harris, too, at some point maybe was against it and then kind of changed her mind. And yeah, that's politics. So, right. And so, you know, if you can't even agree about fracking, how are they going to agree about, you know, more hardcore um, and aggressive movements towards lowering emissions and carbon footprint, et cetera, right? Um, 
so I, I don't know. I, I, I hope that some of the agenda, at least, you know, um, maybe not the stuff at the top, but uh, stuff at the bottom might, as a compromise, might find its way into the Biden platform. But the major initiatives like the Green New Deal or universal health care, I, I don't think are going to find their way into this uh, administration. Um, but who knows? You know, I've been reading more lately about how, you know, Joe Biden in the last month and a half has been a little bit more open to um, these new progressive ideas, how open he's been because of COVID and um, uh, because of just Trump's disastrous uh, initiatives, how open will he be towards um, these progressive ideas? I don't know, but I don't have much faith. I think that uh, Joe Biden has been a centrist his entire life, and um, and particularly now I think he's going to double down on it, believing that that's the move to make, that there's too many people who voted against him and that making any aggressive moves to the left are just going to alienate them more and make them more um, apt to find someone or seek someone on the right extreme like Trump was. And so I think they're going to play it safe. You know, this was golf, which I don't play, but I know a little bit about it. This would be like laying up. Right. So I think they're going to be cautious and, I don't have much hope that the main initiatives of the progressive movement are going to um, find their way to the top. Maybe something like a federal $15 an hour um, wage might find its way into the platform. Um, so there might be some olive branches and perhaps even there's talk that Bernie Sanders might get a, um, uh, you know, might become cabinet, cabinet the, post. Yeah. right. A cabinet post as the Department of Labor, or some you know something like that that would you know um, be amenable to him, and so that would be great. That would be um, a step forward, but a wholehearted kind of move towards the left. I don't think so. I think Biden's too much of a centrist. He believes in it. He believes in that middle of the road, and slow progressive movement um and so uh yeah i i don't think so but you know adolfo you 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 understand these things even better than i do uh there's a lot of people who are paycheck to paycheck this income inequality is really out of control and it has to be addressed and and of course the republican party doesn't have any uh policy that's going to address the income inequality nothing I mean, for I mean, for the current workers and the future workers, like everyone knows, you know, you if you if you're just not if you're not super smart, you're going to have to get some type of post secondary secondary education. If you're a child, a kid, a teenager struggling struggling in high school, and you really don't want to do any post secondary education, it's not going to be much out here that you could actually make a living and pay your rent or your mortgage or whatever. So, so one of the one of the masses are going to start. Demanding more. I'm talking about the lower class masses or right. people, the progressive agenda, people to promote this progressive agenda. We have, you know, all politics is local and all that kind of stuff. We got right. to start local and start getting, uh, you know, from dog catching, so I, dog catching you, up. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. What you say is, I think you're right on the money. Uh, no pun intended. Um, and that's why I think something like the, maybe the $15 an hour federal wage 
uh, is something that would find itself in the Biden agenda because this pandemic has already exacerbated uh, uh, the disparity in income that has been growing in the last 20 years, um, where nothing is trickling down and people in the bottom are bearing the costs, particularly with those Trump tax cuts, you know, of the rich and the wars of George Bush and everything else, right? And so um, I think you're right. I think that at some point, uh, the Democratic Party is going to have to uh, address that disparity and the um, effects of that disparity in terms of health care and um, access to child care and education, et cetera. And they're going to have to start moving on it. Um, I think there's a lot of the polls consistently show that most Americans, Republican or Democrat, like 70 percent, something like that. And maybe I'm talking out of school. I'm talking, you know, just remembering some of the more recent stuff that I've seen. But I, you know, I think that a majority of Americans are open to the idea of universal health care and demonizing it as, you know, communism or socialism of some evil form or whatever. Uh, is just a, I, I think it's just an effort by uh, lobbyists for insurance companies that make tons of money on the current system, right? And so well, most Americans don't um, even know what socialism means, and and, and have, <laughs> you know I mean they they have no clue. And, and what it means is that it's like uh, okay, I'm not an expert on these things, I'm just a regular dude, but like what is it, about forty percent? I'm guessing forty percent of the American public is getting some form of socialized medicine, you know, the VA, right. I, mean, I mean, kid care or whatever, you know, most of them, I mean, right. it's, it's so it's, we're not, we're not that far from, we have to get a public option. Look, okay? we get social we security. Support. I yeah. mean, all these things that have been, you know, and, and big uh, businesses and little in, businesses, they get, they get grants and, business and cutbacks right. and laybacks and they, everybody benefits. You know, right, so we got right. we got to stop. I think one thing they really have to do is the, the I mean the AOCs and the Bernie Sanders and everybody else, they have to re well message or package this whole thing, Branded or this something, whole thing right. about this whole socialism. Socialism is bad. What do you what is socialism? What is that? We have to do some serious education because like even personally, if it wasn't for this that six hundred dollars a month they gave uh, a package, I'd have been I'd have, I'd have been really in bad shape because I got caught up in between jobs because yeah. of the pandemic. I needed government support. And people still need they need another uh, um, stimulus packet. And because of this, uh, you know, politicking that occurs in the Senate, you know, no one no one is getting that money. And and you're right. I think that that's that's going to be the most if there's going to be a, a factor that pushes someone like Biden into um, accepting or moving towards a more progressive agenda. It's going to be this uh, economic disparity. It can't you can't sustain that much of a gap between your elites who, you know, 1% and the rest of the country. A democracy, by definition, is one that uh, runs smoothly because there is a buffer between the really rich and the really poor. And you're supposed to have a robust middle class. That's part of the democratic deal, that most of the people in the middle are satisfied because they're doing pretty well. And on the margins, on both one side of the curve, you have the ultra-rich, and on the other side of the curve, you have the ultra-poor. But in the middle, you have a vast amount of people who are doing pretty well. And that keeps the poor people from storming the castle and killing the rich people, right, traditionally, right, the French Revolution, all of that stuff. So you need a robust 
um, middle class in America, and you don't have that anymore. If we ever did have one, we didn't have it for very long. No. And right now, right now, we certainly don't have one. We we, and it's amazing because it shrunk in like in the matter of like you know a decade or two, and you just can't sustain that forever. At some point, we we already have uh, demonstrations on all of the different social issues that are are a part of this problem, this economic problem with the Black Lives Matter issue coming to the forefront and all sorts of other movements that are coming out. And these are only going to begin to grow because these are going to be exact, these problems of race and poverty are going to keep growing and festering until we address the fact that there is such an, a disparity between the rich and the poor in this country. A democracy needs a robust middle class that extends to most of the people in the country doing particularly well with their little home and their car and their and their pension and their job. And if we don't have that, we're going to have chaos and violence. And so there's only so, you know, unfortunately for us, our democracy is such that, that our democracy is such that we endure it with little, you know, Band-Aids here and Band-Aids there and um, and the hope that the American creed is still alive and it's, you know, and 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 that people who are at the bottom might make it to the top or make it to the middle somewhere. But that wears out thin too. You know, you could only sustain that for so long. And if this economic disparity is not addressed in the next 10, 20 years, you know, these problems of the um, extreme right uh, are you know gonna are gonna rise again and fester again because people who are privileged in a society are not gonna want to give up that privilege, economic or otherwise, um, to the people who they have nots right. And so you you have to you have to allow prosperity for the majority of your people. And if you don't have that, you're just looking for trouble. I enjoy uh, letting Adolfo, I love hearing you talk because I want to hear that, uh, of course, you have a degree from Curie High School, <laughs> uh, Yale University, and University of Chicago Law, because you are. <laughs> so I think I'd like to let you just roll and, and use that education, man. Thanks for being on the show and uh, give us a quick no uh, closing uh, comment, a little inspiration for, for the working class and the, and the so-called middle class. Well, you know, I mean, I think the thing that I... Um, uh, keep in mind in terms of hope is that, uh, you know, a progressive, you know, as the years move by, there is younger generations that are no longer um, bogged down by um, the prejudices and cultural norms of, that we've, that we've grown up with. And so those young people are the ones that are being vocal on the streets and their kids will continue in that direction. And as the demographics change in this country and it becomes a more brown country, um, I think that, uh, and it becomes a more woke country, I think that the tipping point will come and, uh, you know, we'll finally get over the hump and start uh, moving in the direction that we need to move in terms of diversity and inclusiveness because the country will have changed in numbers. I think what we're seeing now, these are the years in which, um, you know, those uh, elite uh, or privileged white people are freaking out because things are changing and they're doing everything possible to stave off 
the demographic change that's already here and it's going to continue to grow. And that's why you have people in the Trump administration who have all these um, draconian immigration policies because they think that they could stop the browning of America and it's not going to stop it. It's already there and it's going to continue. And I have hope that as our demographics change and, you know, there'll be uh, diversity and inclusiveness and equality that will be, um, you know, enjoyed by more and more people.